In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who makes us ready. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, so we are continuing on in our sermon series that is about the book of Revelation, and it is called Throne. And there's two kind of important things that if you've been with us for the past couple of weeks that uh, you perhaps notice about this reading if you were following along when uh, Miss Donna Claire was, was reading it. And, and those two important things are, uh, first of all, in just about every sermon that I've been preaching on this uh, sermon series, I have said that uh, the reason that we used the word throne as the title for this series is that it shows up in every reading except for one. And the every reading except for one, this is the except for one. This one has no mention of the throne. You'll also notice that there is a, a that, that we've jumped quite a bit. That last week we were in Revelation 7, and that this week we are in Revelation 21. And, and so you go, well, well, what about all of that fun stuff in, in between 7 and 21? And um, uh, there's a, a bunch of stuff that's happening. Am I wrong? Was, was, is there thrown in there? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so um, I missed it. The throne doesn't play a prominent part, though. Um, and, and so we, we have that, that, uh, that sense of, okay, well, what happened in between there? Well, what happened in between there is basically that the book of Revelation does this cycle thing. And it cycles through time. And eventually we get to this point where it's kind of what we expect out of Revelation. What we expect out of Revelation is is this kind of vision of what the future is going to be like. In fact, a lot of times, I I think that's why we read Revelation, is that uh, for some reason or another, we get sort of anxious about what the future is going to be like and what is that going to be like on the last day. And so we, we flip to the back of the book. And we go, okay, what's it going to be like? And we see that there are ten-headed dragons and that there are seven-headed lambs and, and lambs with seven eyes. And, you know, well, maybe there's more. Uh, you know, you get into the index and, and the maps in the back of the Bible and you go, no, no. But here you, you've actually got some, some good news. Here you have actually a, a kind of big celebration because what happens in the celebration is is that uh, all of a sudden, the, even if the word throne is being used, um, uh, the, the, the attention is being turned. And the attention is being turned not to the throne anymore. But rather, the attention is being turned to this figure that is, is called the bride. And, and so what you have in here is, in the midst of, of all of this stuff happening, is you have the old... Heaven and earth pass away, and there is a new heaven and a new earth. And in that new heaven and new earth, there's this thing called the New Jerusalem. And as you, you uh, as that New Jerusalem thing comes about, you, it is called the bride. 
and the bride is the picture in Revelation of the church. It is the picture of those who are the, the church of God, those who believe in Jesus Christ. And so as we look at that, we, we look at this, this bride figure as she is kind of marching down the aisle. Which always kind of brings back sort of memories for me and, and memories of, uh, in my vocation, I get to preside over a few different weddings here and there. And it, it brings me back to memories of, of some of those weddings. And especially, it, it brings me back to memories of when I, I do this certain thing uh, that has nothing to do with the ceremony itself. Usually what I do when I'm, I'm uh, officiating a wedding is that I am kind of milling around, kind of getting myself ready, checking my sermon, checking to make sure that everything is set. And then after that, what I will do is for most couples, I will go and I will knock on the door where the bride is getting ready. And I will check to make sure that everything is okay, that she hasn't run away. Important thing, because then there's a very scary book that can be written about that. Um, and then make sure that everything's okay. And then usually what I do is I, I try to get everybody together and we say a prayer together. Well, and then after that I go to the groom and I say, you know, everything is fine. Make sure that he hasn't run away. And uh, usually um, everything goes well. And... But, but the thing about that, that opportunity that I have, that access that I have, because I have one of these funny collars on, is, is that I, I get to see what it's like to be back in that room. And that's something that, honestly, not a lot of us guys have the opportunity to see. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. Because uh, what you have back there is you have a bride being adorned for her husband. You have a bride who is getting ready for this very important day. And all of her friends are there with her. And all of her friends are helping her to get ready for that important ceremony that's going to happen in just a few minutes from there. All of her friends are there. And um, they, they're making sure that she is going to be late. Um, because that's every wedding that I've ever officiated. Which is okay. As long as there's a ceremony, it's good. But that lateness, it says something. It says, I need to be absolutely prepared. And it doesn't matter if I'm on time or not. What matters is that I'm prepared. What matters is that I'm ready to walk down that aisle. What matters is that I'm ready to show everybody gathered there that this is an important day for me. And I especially need to show my soon-to-be husband that this is going to be an important day. And then I flip back in my memories to being the groom and thinking of that day when I saw Liz walking up that aisle and saw her immaculately prepared for that day, showing me by how much work and everything it took to get ready for that day, that that was an important day for her.
Well, as John is receiving this vision from God, he's receiving this vision and he's saying, this is, this is what it's going to be like for the church. For those who believe in God, this is what it's going to be like for us when we meet Jesus Christ together in the resurrection. That there's something about a wedding ceremony. Now, certainly there are differences between wedding ceremonies during John's time and wedding ceremonies during our time. But there's still that essential part of being ready, of showing this is important. Cross-culturally, that's a part of weddings. And so, as we're thinking about this, and as we're thinking about all of the work that it takes to get a bride ready, and as we're thinking about uh, what brides look like when they walk down the aisle, and as we think about, well, that somehow, because this is a sermon in a church, that's somehow supposed to apply to me, because um, I am a part of the church, if you believe in Christ, and then you start thinking, Oh, goodness, well, that means that I need to get ready. Have you ever seen a late bride? A bride getting late, who's late to getting ready? I have. It's frightening. If you've ever seen a bride who was late getting to the church, which means that she has less time than what she thought she would have in order to get ready, she is freaked out. Because she's looking at her watch or she's looking at her phone and she's trying to figure out, okay, how can we compress stuff? How can we make sure that all of this stuff that was supposed to take an hour now has to be crammed into half an hour? How is that going to work? And if only we felt that same sense of urgency and importance about our meeting Jesus. If only we felt that same sense of urgency and importance about what we are doing in this life. If only we woke up on Monday morning and went, holy mackerel, I have a lot of holiness to do. I'd probably have to quit my job so that I can go out and do all of these good works. I'd probably have to at least stop watching TV so that I can read a little bit more of the Bible here and there. Or I have to, and you begin to start putting this list of stuff together that you go, Oh my goodness, this is never going to get done. I'm never going to be ready. And you are likely going to be a very freaked out bride then. And rightfully so, because the reality here is that you don't have enough time. You have showed up to the chapel about 15 minutes before the ceremony is supposed to start, and you haven't even taken a shower yet. That's where we are, sinful human beings. It's a scary place to be. Because we don't want to walk down that aisle and show Jesus that this, well, we said that it was an important day, but maybe it's, we haven't treated it as such. We 
we, we don't want that. We do want it to be an important thing. We want our spiritual lives to be an important thing to us. That's why we show up on a place like this on a Sunday morning, is to do a little bit of that preparation. And yet we realize essentially that there is no time, at least not enough time, to do what we need to do. But that's the beautiful thing that I've noticed about being in those bride's rooms. The beautiful thing that I've noticed about being in those bride's rooms is that, well, the bride doesn't actually do very much. I mean, sometimes, but most of the time, there's a whole bunch of people that are there to help the bride out. She's got her friends who are doing her makeup and doing her hair. She's got her mother and her mother-in-law that are trying to squeeze her into that dress. She's got all of these people, that are her attendants, that are there. And all she has to do is just let it happen. That she's, in a lot of ways, kind of powerless in the whole thing. In fact, from my days as a caterer, I know that brides can't even go to the bathroom without bringing an entourage. Because they have to do something crazy with that dress. And I don't want to know what happens in there. But I know that it's very busy. Well, that's our picture, actually. Our picture is that it's not up to us to get prepared for our husband. It's not up to us to do all of our own makeup and all of our own hair and make sure that we're fitting into the dress perfectly. It's just up to us to receive that. And when we receive that, we will walk into that sanctuary under the critical eye of everyone in that room. And we will know that we are flawless. We will know that we have been so well prepared that it shows how important this day is. Because we will have received the forgiveness that Jesus paid for with his life upon the cross. And that's all we need. That's all the preparation that we need. And so, this week, may you live with the confidence of knowing that you are completely prepared for that day. Not because you've prepared yourself, but because you have been prepared. Amen.